Hey guys, welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We are going to be discussing the HBO miniseries. I would consider it a miniseries since it was only six episodes. Um, The Undoing, um, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Um, All the Rage. I think I... I think I read that the finale of that had more viewership than Game of Thrones. I Yeah, I think it was like in a season one. Oh. But either way, it's huge. Yes. Um. Anyway, so very, very much to talk about. <laughs> a lot to talk about <laughs> with Jordan. And like mentioned last week, we'll probably just do all spoilers the whole time because you have to watch the show to talk about it there's not really that much to talk about if you haven't watched the show mm-hmm. yeah agree S- safe to say okay um but first uh tv news what do you have for us this week jordan well i think the biggest announcement in the past week was that um, every single Warner Brothers movie in 2021 is going to premiere on HBO Max the same day it premieres in the theaters. And that includes like huge premieres like Dune and um, the new, the new Space Jam movie with LeBron James. (laughs) Um, That it's just like really buzzworthy stuff and in the Heights and the Matrix 4, like, things that have been, um, like, kind of in the works for a long time that people have been mm-hmm. really buzzy about, and now they're going to be streamable. So that's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, and um, I also thought it was interesting that they kind of made that decision and didn't really get any feedback or talk to, like, the creators at all. Like, apparently Christopher Nolan was, like, extremely upset and like went off about it and I totally get it because um I think that is interesting that like the people who made the movie actually don't have any say in how it's like rolled out which I get it I guess that's how Hollywood works but I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. yeah it's been interesting too yeah because that was its own bombshell and then the reactions started coming out so it's Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be an extremely interesting year, especially as vaccines also roll out. And so if people feel safer to go to the theaters, like, like, will this still be a thing the whole year? It's just kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to know. Okay, Army Hammer is going to be... um playing Al Ruddy who produced The Godfather in a limited series about the making of The Godfather and Al Ruddy is the person who produced it. Did I already say that? I feel like I just no. duplicated myself. Um, It's a 10 episode limited series and um, Ruddy is also set as an executive pro- producer on the series. So um also it's being made by paramount plus which i don't know what that is 
Yeah, that sounds new. New to me, at least. Yeah, so I don't know where it's where this series is going to be hosted. Maybe this will be like their big opening thing, trying to get people to watch it. Mm-hmm. The new streaming. Wow. Well, definitely very interesting. Recently watched Godfather Part One and Two for the first time. Loved them, but I don't. I don't know a ton of the backstory of the making of it, so it's probably going to be pretty interesting. I don't really have strong yeah. feelings about Army Hammer. So he's not like he's not necessarily a draw for me, but still intrigued. And I can't yeah. I'm on the edge of my seat about Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that's really the big news here. <laughs> what is Paramount Plus? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Hmm. They oh, okay, this is strange. So we just talked about that like eulogy for 2020 comedy event that's happening. Yes. Uh, New Year's Eve. And Netflix just dr- announced that Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones, who are the runners of Black Mirror, they are also doing a comedy event that is um, star-studded. And it is saying it's a documentary-style special. And it is... Um, it's called Death to 2020, and it's a comedy event that tells the story of the dreadful year that was and perhaps still is. And I'm like, what? That's weird. <laughs> it seems like a ripoff of the other thing to yeah. me. Um, but some of the people they've said are involved are Samuel L. Jackson, Hugh Grant, who is very timely, uh, mm-hmm. Lisa Kudrow, Kamel Nanjiani, Leslie Jones, Joe Keery, a.k.a., you know... Steve Steve from Stranger Things. So it's really just seems kind of like they're ripping off the other special, which that was that's HBO, right? The, the kind of stand up one. Um, I think it's Amazon. Oh, OK. Yeah, that seems even like more of a rip off. Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I mean, very intriguing. Also, it's funny because it kept being advertised as kind of like from Black Mirror, like, they really want it to be associated with Black Mirror, but it's not, well, that's, like, Black Mirror episode. I'm confused also because Black Mirror is the furthest thing from comedy. Right. So, like, it's interesting that the creators of Black Mirror would be producing or making this comedy. Yeah, it must hmm. be um, very dark comedy. Yeah. It's just, it just sounds very weird. Um, especially when we were just talking about the other 2020 death comedy special. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Can't wait to critique both of them. Maybe yeah. on the same podcast episode. Put them head to head. Mm-hmm. There's not much to come of this yet, but uh, Margot Robbie and her um, entertainment company have inc- have uh just made a deal with Amazon for to make some TV projects, which I'm pretty excited about because um, they made Promising Young Woman and I, Tanya, which were both great. So thinking about uh, them making TV makes me happy. Yeah, it's excellent news. And um, she was, I don't remember exactly, but she was like some sort of a producer for Dollface. Right? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that was the same entertainment company or not, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone really talking about that with as with the other things, so maybe it wasn't, but she makes good stuff, clearly, and the company Mm -hmm. does, so that's good news. Um, I saw that Issa Rae and Adam McKay are teaming up to make a series adaptation on HBO of the podcast Nice White Parents. Wow. Yeah, so that's going to be very cool. I clearly missed a lot of news this week because you have some big hitters. That's why we we both do it, you know? Yeah, it's true. You get what I miss. I get what you miss. So yeah, so and I'm this That's exciting. I'm, yeah, it's it'll be awesome. Seems like a dream team I didn't even know that I needed so badly, but Mhm. Great. Yeah, I love it. Um the last thing I have is that it was announced that the part 2 of the Euphoria special specials will be airing on January 24th, and that is Jules episode and um. Yeah, they dropped the uh, Zendaya's episode, Rue's episode, early. So I guess I it's hard for me to believe that J- January twenty fourth will be the actual date, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. These surprise drops are great, but they also give us trust issues. So <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. And it's like so the, so there clearly aren't any rules. So like why do we mm-hmm. ever have to wait for anything? Yeah, basically. exactly. Um I saw something that Hunter Schaefer, who plays Jules, like co-wrote this episode, which is so cool. Oh yeah, she did. Love that. I saw something about that too. So yeah, something to look forward to in January, one of the bleakest months true if not the bleakest month yeah (laughs) okay well um for our top three this week um we're focusing on grandparents (laughs) because in the undoing one of the main characters is the grandpa who without him i wonder what would have happened you know Good or bad. Mm. He wouldn't have posted his bail. Yes. I don't know. And some people were thinking it was the grandpa at one point. I will have to get into what our guesses were and stuff. That one is a little far-fetched for me. <laughs> but um, I feel like they could have they could have made that happen. Yeah, but I never that I never believed that theory. Personally, yeah, there were a lot of theories, and we can discuss what ones we believed and which ones we did not believe. Yes, but okay, here are our top three grandparents from television shows. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, my number three is Logan Roy. <laughs> Okay, I thought about him, but let me, and then I'll tell you why I did not choose him. <laughs> I mean, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> my okay, main I reason, my, I'll just tell you, my main reason is because he slapped his grandson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, I forgot about the fact that he is abusive. But wow, me now now that you said that, I'm gonna sound really bad. No, it's it's all about this is it's what we all had about to the trust with. fund baby. This is what we had to work with, people. Most of the grandparents <laughs> in shows tend to be mildly evil, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so mm-hmm. but that's that's just all we're saying. But still lovable at times. It's mm-hmm. strange it's a strange, strange world out there. It really truly is. I went with Logan just strictly for the paycheck that will come when he dies. Yeah. Good call. Sorry, I am who I am. Well, I think that that grandson that he slaps, hopefully Logan will make up for it by giving him even a heftier. He'll get portion. yeah. He'll get more. Yeah. <sighs> wow, that's a great answer. Okay, my number three. I I went with a super nice grandma. She's very cool. Um, she does a lot of cool things in the show. I went with Grandma Thora from Arthur on pbs wow um i seem to remember her being like kind of like the fun grandma like she always has she has like really cool historical stuff from the town in her attic for example (laughs) um she's not a good cook but i can relate to that because i too cannot cook and look at her she's still really cool so seriously yeah, so she's my number three grandparent. Wow, what a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Um, my number two is um also not a great grandparent either. Um I shouldn't say that though, because I chose Lucille Bluth. Um she reminds me a lot of one of my grandmas. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, she is actually, she is also my number two. Because Perfect. I, I feel like, yes, she's not a good grandma. She's not really good at, like, loving people. Mm-hmm. But she's one of the most iconic characters ever. Truly. And she has so much style. Mm-hmm. And um, just, like, the stories that you get from being around her are golden. Yes. And I think with a grandparent, it's not like a parent, so it doesn't affect you as much because hopefully your uh, actual parent learned a lot from the things that they liked and didn't like that their parent did, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So, like, the grandparent influence is a lot less than, like, a parental influence. I Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think in Arrested Development, you see that with, uh, Michael Bluth because he's like a pretty good dad and yeah. I think a lot of it is because his parents were so bad <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I do have to say um, me saying my gr- she reminds me of my grandma it's not all of necessarily the bad things about Lucille so <laughs> I don't think my grandma's listening to this but there probably is family that is listening to this and could take that to my grandma and I don't want my inheritance to be affected by that (laughs) I think that's totally valid I mean that's why she's not number three she's she's a better grandma than Logan Roy for sure for sure better grandparent um 
and like she's one of the people that is lovable even though she's kind of savage you know mm-hmm. yeah okay my number one grandparent i picked the um dowager countess from downton abbey aka um maggie smith brilliant um, brilliant she actually she's in a way i feel like this went from like you have Logan Roy on one side, like of like the rich kind of like snobby grandparents on shows. Mm-hmm. She's like, cause she's nicer than Lucille, but she's still also is savage. Totally. Like, on the scale of, from like Logan Roy up to Lady Crawley. Um, but she is like, that show has amazing one-liners and she is the queen of the one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just hilarious, and her costumes are crazy. They're amazing. Um, And Maggie Smith is just, like, an international treasure. Truly. She is my number one. I love it. I didn't even think about her, so good job. Thank you. Um, My number one is Zeke Braverman. He is just mm. so fun and cute and like lovable and like easy to talk to and just like a great grandpa. And I feel like uh Camille Braverman, his wife, has that weird thing that happens to her towards the end of the show. So I just I only chose Zeke for this one, but um I just really liked him as a grandpa. Yeah, he is great. And also I remember when I, because I watched that show late, and I've, like, I've seen the Family Stone so many times, and mm-hmm. so he's like, who he's also a really great grandpa in that movie. True. But he's just like in a different way, in Parenthood, and it's kind of fun to see that, but it makes totally. me love him even more. Yeah, he's great. Wow, that was a great list. <clears throat> I think. Yeah, it actually turned out better than I thought it would. Yeah, we got worried when we were looking up trying to find, like, <laughs> awesome grandparents. We were like, wait, what? <laughs> it was basically just, like, the Gilmores and Matthew Saracen's grandma. Yeah, so. both which provide stress of all different, many different kinds. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I love Emily Gilmore, but I wouldn't necessarily want to be her granddaughter, you know? Exactly. There's a lot more you'd have to do with her than you would have to do with Logan Roy to get the money. So mm-hmm. I'd rather have Logan Roy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. The Undoing. HBO. I guess if we, we don't even necessarily have to do a synopsis. We should still sum it up in case someone's like, I don't care to watch it or something. Okay. Want to give your synopsis, Jordan? Yeah, I would love to. Um, Basically, you have um, this rich, well-to-do family, beloved Dr. Hugh Grant, respected psychologist Nicole Kidman. They have one son who's the kid from uh, The Quiet Place. And all of a sudden, basically... um, a woman is murdered, um, and Hugh Grant gets arrested as like the lead suspect because he was having an affair with this woman who is a young mother at the same, 
whose child goes to the same school as their son. And chaos ensues for their family. Chaos does ensue. Um, where do we even begin? <laughs> um, well, I would like to know, maybe we just start kind of overall. Like, how did okay. you, how did you feel overall? Overall, taking in all of my feelings into account, I liked it. It kept my attention. It kept me being like, I, I will say the whole time I, I never really guessed anyone else did it besides Hugh Grant's character until like the very last episode I started like psyching myself out a little bit but other than that um like it it definitely kept piqued my interest kept me kept me watching I watched it week to week um and I was always excited to watch it so I have to say I really enjoyed it and it was just like a fun little break and like a of like a new well done TV show. Yeah, I agree. I think I I did not watch it week to week. Once it finished, I binged it this week, watching like two or three episodes in a sitting, basically. Um, and especially like I feel like maybe there were some uh, lulls, maybe in maybe like the fourth and fifth episode, but never so much that I was straight up like bored. But I just, and I'm only saying that because I think that the first few episodes were extremely strong. And so I was like, wow, this has really hooked me, which is great. Mm-hmm. And it was only six episodes, which is awesome because that's just a great length for a TV show. And I wish every <laughs> show were only six episodes per season. Um, and I had kind of expected, um, we kind of talked about this. I, I had heard going in that David E. Kelly, who did Big Little Lies, also did this show. Um, and so I was kind of going in with maybe the expectation that I'd be like, ah, like this is going to be more of the same thing I've already seen. It's even still with Nicole Kidman. But it actually didn't really feel like Big Little Lies. And I didn't I felt like it felt fresh from other like how many kind of like murder try like courtroom shows have we seen there's been a lot but i felt like it it did add something new and um it was exciting like there were some parts when like the tension was so strong that it was like something could make me jump you know Mm -hmm. so i think that um it started out super strong and i think it mostly maintained that throughout the whole thing and i did enjoy it yeah um I think a lot of people started watching it who with the expectation that it was kind of like a murder mystery of like who did it and uh, which and I think is really interesting. it's not going to be who you think it is like you know. Yeah and I don't even necessarily think the show went out to like uh, actually they might have. I was going to say I don't know if the show necessarily went out of their way to make it make it like present it in that type of way but I think Nicole Kidman on social media was kind of like egging that on so I don't know actually but (laughs) she's um, just trolling everybody (laughs) basically and um so I think a lot of people who went into it with that kind of um mindset were really disappointed in the finale and I wouldn't say the finale I would definitely say the finale was not as strong as it could have been but um 
I think I think the point of the show um was not necessarily to make the person watching it try to figure out who did it and like put the pieces together, but the point of the show was exactly um the point of the show is the point of the show, which was <laughs> that the answers are always right in front of us. And they told us from the beginning, like, the husbands always do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we were right along with Nicole Kidman of trying to believe that someone, um, that someone as, like, charismatic and um, cool and attractive as Hugh Grant's character would be capable of murdering someone. Um, well, one of my notes is I'm officially not attracted anymore to wisecracking men. <laughs> <laughs> Great it's point. Like, think all of these. I I actually I really like shows. Like I almost just use the word undoing actually, but it's like <laughs> one of the things that was undone in the undoing is kind of like this cliche in real life and in shows. That, like, that's what's important is, like, a guy who's, like, really socially capable, like, almost overly socially capable. Mm -hmm. And can talk to is, anyone. Yeah, and is, like, kind of a smooth talker. But it's, like, that can cover up a sociopath. Like, that's mm -hmm. actually really common. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I like that that... um kind of like rethinking how what is important in humans sort of yeah i guess and like valuing that like obviously it's not like oh well now what i'm looking for in a man is someone who's really serious and unpleasant to be around or something but just kind <laughs> of like that like need to be the one to like oh like he almost like his character it's like his appeal is that he could like never be serious you know mm -hmm. Like he's, I'm just going to be the one that's like, I'm super fun and people love me because I'm always ragging on everything and I'm just always so funny. And it's like, yep. and you're a murderer. Mm hmm. Well, like, and that kind well, of, he, even like, sorry, just one more thing about that is like, even in the finale when he's literally kidnapping his son and he's like trying to crack jokes and the son is like terrified. Mm -hmm. I was like, yep, that is the thing. Like it was that honestly that scene those scenes were really good because it was really scary. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think um, I think that just were was trying to show that like he, even he was cracking and um wasn't sure how to even handle himself anymore since he had been like outed and he had lived his whole life without really having anyone see those things in him. Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of leads me to something like some plot holes that I do struggle with a little bit. One of the main ones being that Nicole Kidman is supposed to be this like renowned therapist and we're supposed to believe I, it's hard. It's, I understand that it was kind of point the point of the show that even her, she didn't see these like things in her spouse even though she sees them every day in clients um but it just seems like a little not right that she never suspected anything was wrong with her husband 
and like he was able to say that he was still going to work for like months even though he wasn't like were they the money situation was extremely interesting to me and like they didn't have money to pay for an attorney but they were like pretty rich and like lived in this amazing house in new york and yeah, like, could they could pay like 50 grand a year for their son's school yeah so like that was extremely confusing to me and like um wouldn't she know that he wasn't getting paychecks if he wasn't working i don't know just like the whole money situation was extremely confusing to me well and i wonder too though i'm trying to because i i agree with you but i wonder if it could be explained where it's like she is also making a ton of money herself and then there was the thing where he got secretly asked for like a loan from her dad that's true i forgot but about I guess- that part but then that still doesn't really explain. So it's like that would make that would explain the part where she didn't notice that there was not this other income for three yeah. months or whatever. But then it also does not explain the attorney stuff. Yeah, like clearly he could he could afford her friend as an attorney for a little bit behind her back for a while. Mm-hmm. So like, how could they not afford an attorney from the get go and like immediately had to go to her dad for money? I thought that was interesting and not really explained well. And, well, I mean, and the bail. I guess the bail makes sense because it was so much all-in-one payment. Mm -hmm. Huh. Those are the kinds of details that I find boring, so I don't think about them. But So I'm glad (laughs) you thought about them because those are great points. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Hmm. you. And those are different because... Um, I was just talking to Taylor briefly about like things that never really came back and weren't explained, but I wouldn't necessarily call, like, for example, when um, their attorney is talking to Hugh Grant, if he's ever been unfaithful before this and he said he did and then like you never find out who that was, but that's, I wouldn't call that a plot hole like I would the money situation. Correct. But I would say the other thing that we were talking about, um, the painting, which is, yeah, the paintings and also just in general, her relationship is it Elena. Um, Ele- Elena's whole relationship with Nicole Kidman is never really explained, and it's so weird that I think it needed a little bit more of an explanation. I agree. So, because this actually is kind of a segue into um, a different theory I had of guessing who the murderer was. Okay. Because I mean, obviously, they're trying to get you to think that Nicole Kidman is also a suspect, which, like, they say that in the show. Like, that's not, like, Mm -hmm. a secret. Because it's interesting that they also bring up this thing where Nicole Kidman calls herself the most reliable narrator. And so I was like, okay, if she's saying that, then we're now I'm supposed to think she's not a reliable narrator. (laughs) And so I was like, maybe there's this whole other plot left out that we won't know until the very end that actually Nicole and Elena Elena at least was maybe like obsessed with also Nicole Kidman Mm -hmm. or they did have kind of like a secret relationship the two of them Mm -hmm. because because of a Nicole Kidman just going for a walk by her house (laughs) the (laughs) night that she dies was way sketchy and then I guess that was just ended up not being sketchy 
and the several portraits that Elena had painted of Nicole Kidman never really ended up mattering that much. Mm-hmm. And like kind of this like weird sexual tension between the two women. And so it's like all those things together was building a case for me that was like, okay, it's either going to be like Hugh Grant because literally there's no evidence that proves otherwise besides maybe mm-hmm. these other this other potential backstory that we haven't seen yet. But then it just kind of like fizzled away. Yeah. Nothing ever came of it. Nothing came of the portraits. Nothing came of the sexual tension and actual kissing. Yeah. Um, like they, she crossed over from yeah, it's she crossed over from just tension. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, there was like stuff like that that I definitely have issue with, but None of that really stopped me from enjoying it. Yeah, agree. And um, I think, like, if I had to choose between having all these things explained and having it be even longer of a show, I would definitely pick the way they did it. Because I feel like I really enjoyed just having this whole thing wrap up in six episodes. True. That's a good point. Um. Um. Oh, one other one other brief little thought I was having about how when you were talking about how she's this like psychologist who couldn't see what's right in front of her own eyes and stuff. It's interesting, too, because she never I wonder if that is kind of also ties into like she has this really overly dependent relationship with her dad. Mm -hmm. And so it's like she also doesn't really seem to explore that in herself where it's like she's either controlled and manipulated by Hugh Grant, her husband, or her dad is telling her. Like, she really only went, like, for the most part, her only opinions about what's true is either Hugh Grant telling her he's innocent or her dad telling her he's guilty. So it's kind of like her whole life is dictated. Like, she should be analyzing herself over yeah. and over. So I wonder if it's, like, that part... Um. I mean, you said this, it's like, that's kind of the point of the show, but it's also one of those things where there's just, yeah, she has a lot of work to do on herself. Yeah, she does. I mean, her reactions to things were so weird that I also was like, you're a therapist? (laughs) Like, just (laughs) zooming in on her eyeball while she's like... Uh, like darting eyes looking all over the place I'm like Mm -hmm. if you're not guilty you need to work on not appearing (laughs) to be guilty (laughs) Uh, yeah anyway I thought that the little boy did great he was really good Um, and I also really liked her lawyer friend Um, I just thought it was funny that the only time we really saw her was when she was like she was always busy being a mom but also busy being a gossip slash part-time lawyer and like it was her scenes were always just really hilarious to me and I was like we get it you're busy working mom anyway I liked her and um thought she was a fun addition and I was a little bit bummed that we didn't get to see a little bit more I understand that there was the end was supposed to be like a big reveal that they work together to take down 
I was there's a I think HBO posted an Instagram of the two of them on their walk and captioned the photo as a friendship built on taking down toxic men. Love to see it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um anyway, I think it would have been fun to have a little bit of a flash back after it was all revealed of like their conversation. But Agree. yes. I understand that the mystery is what kind of like made it a little bit more shocking. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I actually would have liked to see more of her throughout. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I agree. I like that she kind of showed up to push things along. So every time she showed up, you're like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) But that leads me to... There were theories that she did it because, I mean, she was a little sketchy. She would always like come into the <laughs> come into the courtroom late and then leave early. And it was always like, what is she doing? And it, it never weird. really was explained. <laughs> and well, it's kind of like so like Nicole Kidman, kind of not a great therapist. And she's kind of rude to her patient. <laughs> and then you have um, Lily Rabe, that actress, and like is she a good lawyer like she she was like really a major distraction in several trials Mm -hmm. you would think (laughs) as a lawyer you would be like you would know the um, protocol yeah protocol she like walked in with her on her phone talking really loudly and they're like Mm -hmm. can you turn your phone off and she's like "Ugh, fine (laughs) (laughs) really funny Uh, yeah well if you haven't watched it already and you listen to this, I hope you still enjoy it and watch it. <laughs> but if you have watched it, please let us know your thoughts. It's I, been fun to talk about. Yes. I and I wonder even if now you decide to watch it, would it actually would you enjoy it more knowing the ending or something? I wonder if that would not be it wouldn't ruin the show for you maybe knowing the ending. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. It's hard to know. It's really hard to know. One of these days we should have a experiment where one of us tells the other person all the details of how a show ends and then the other person watches it with that in mind and let's see how it goes. Hmm. I like it. Just an idea. <laughs> we'll have to find the perfect show to do that for. Seriously. But I do like that idea. Okay. Who was your crush of the week? Well, I am going with Edgar Ramirez, who plays the cop. He was hot. He was extremely hot. And I think that the, let me scroll through his IMDb, but the thing I know him best from is the Versace American Horror Story, or American Crime Story? What are those called? Yeah, same. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yes. And um, he, I saw someone on Twitter I think it was actually Ava DuVernay she tweeted that she thought he was the killer (laughs) and she was like maybe it's just because he's so hot I want him on screen more (laughs) and someone sent it to him because everyone always does that and it's really annoying but he was like he like responded and she was like oh haha like you weren't supposed to see that but I'll I'll DM you my my theories or something (laughs) 
Um, but I don't agree. I don't think there was any time I thought he was a murderer. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he was really hot. And I also, it was nice to, I really respected the characters that like couldn't be swayed by just charm. Like the smarmy charm of Hugh Grant. Or even like Nicole Kidman's like, um privilege how she's like i'm i can't believe i'm being treated this way and they're like well because you're a suspect biatch like Mm -hmm. get over yourself (laughs) and um like i don't need to say again he's also super hot so i he's definitely my crush this week yeah great choice love it i hadn't even thought about him but he really is so hot yeah um I'm going to go with Nicole Kidman. Her hair was the most um, interesting thing to watch. Sometimes I loved it and was obsessed with it. And other times I was like, what's happening? And <laughs> did you prefer, did you prefer when it was kind of like looked a little brushed out or when it was like a little, like very defined? You definitely know what I mean? a little brushed out. Agree. Okay. That was to me that's but it would like switch a little bit and sometimes Uh it was just like that does not look realistic at all no (laughs) i saw a tweet that i wish i could find but i can't right now um something about how the hair and makeup people on this show really loved the three barrel because elena's (laughs) hair elena's hair was also kind of crazy (laughs) yes but it was like, interesting not in because... a way that looked like a natural curl to me. No. No. And but again, sometimes Nicole's hair, I really did love it. And mm-hmm. I just also am very obsessed with the dress she was wearing in um I believe it's episode 1 where they're at the gala or party, whatever, yes. fundraiser. Yes, yes, yes. Um that whole look I'm just obsessed with, so yeah, I like want. Well, I actually think she. I now that I'm thinking about it, I I really loved a lot of her red carpet choices. But I was like, can you wear that to one of the events when we can have exactly. red carpet events again? Mm-hmm. So good. Also, it's fun because like early '90s, I want to say Nicole Kidman, like her hair looked like that. You know, true. Like she's like a naturally curly gal, and so it was fun to see that because. Most of the movies I'm familiar with her, she has straight hair. Yeah. So, loved that. Um, oh, while we were talking about Elena's hair, we never mentioned that um, we think... Like, has anyone seen Elena and Dua Lipa in the same room? Because was... I don't think so. Dua Lipa secretly starring as the murder victim <laughs> in this show. They look like <laughs> twins to us. They were... Yeah. I you they could have been body doubles and swapped in and out playing a trick on us and I wouldn't have known. Literally wouldn't have known. I'm glad I'm glad you're with me on that one. Um okay, well. That was fun. Thank you for discussing the undoing with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you for much. undoing the undoing. And there's the episode title. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.